You're listening to Out of the Box, a place for marketers to get inspired, get going, and break out of the box. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Jess Overton, and you're listening to Out of the Box, the marketing podcast exploring out-of-the-box approaches to marketing and growth. Today, I'm joined by Jean-Francois Grand, co-founder and chief product officer at Purchasely. Purchasely is a SaaS platform helping marketers manage and increase their in-app purchases and subscriptions. According to Sifted, the FT-backed news website covering European startups, Purchasely is one of the 70 fastest-growing no-code companies. And it seems like a good time to unpack what they do, learn why subscriptions are all the rage, and share some of their strategies for app growth. Jean-Francois, I'd like to start by hearing a little bit about your journey in the mobile app world. Hi, Jess. Thanks for having me on this podcast. I'm thrilled to uh, be exchanging with your audience on the, on subscriptions and a little bit on Purchasely. And uh, this is a journey that started for me uh, quite a while ago. Um, well, uh, it's good that you don't have video in podcast because I'm so, I have so many white hairs right now. <laughs> I've been developing apps for 12 years. Uh, I was among the very first 500 on the developer program of the iPhone SDK, so the beta developer program. Um, I joined in April 2008, so it was really the very early days of the of the iPhone and the very first developers. And uh, never stopped uh, developing apps since then. Um, I had a, lo- a journey mainly uh, building apps for others uh, in agencies uh, before building uh, my own agency. Um, well, uh, that was called App AZ. Uh, we received the six app of the year awards for many many different apps. And uh, during that journey, um, well, there were there was one topic that I always struggled implementing, which was subscriptions and in-app purchases. And so during that uh, that amazing journey building apps, um, there was one topic that always were complicated, which was uh, building in-app subscriptions or uh, handling in-app uh, purchases. Uh, it's always complicating for developers because the stack is complicated, it's different between iOS and Android. Um, it takes always more time than you were, you would be expecting to. And um, well, at the end, you finish uh, by releasing a barely working version that no one is really happy about. Uh, the project manager, uh, well, uh, you uh, blew the, the roadmap of the project manager. The marketers, they don't have all the features. The developers are quite afraid touching a bit because they don't want to um, make the company lose money or uh, making a bug in the paywalls, etc. And um, and so, well, each time I had to face that, uh, it was always well, that nightmare. And I thought that uh, it could be transformed into something uh, that was uh, well, bringing more value and peace to all the teams. In-app subscriptions, in fact, touches a lot of people in the company. As we've said, the developers, of course, the marketers, uh, the product managers. Usually, um, the head of the company is also in- interested because it drives a the conversion and money, and also the accountants. And, um, well, we took all the ideas we've, we had on uh, on these different personas to uh, build Purchasely, which is a solution that actually um, helps not only the developers, marketers, product managers, uh, so that, um, well, in-app subscription becomes uh, something that is uh, great to handle with and not the, the thing that you hide uh, in, your, uh, in your application and that nobody wants to think about. Well, it's certainly a, a very important part of any, or I, I guess I shouldn't say any applications business model, but certainly apps that have in-app purchases uh, uh, or subscriptions as part of their business model. Do you see any 
particular successes in specific verticals, what, what, what kind of apps is Purchasely really aiming to help? We have so many different companies that uh, are using Purchasely, different kind of companies that are using Purchasely right now that I, I couldn't say that uh, it's helping more this company or this company, but it's more like how the market is moving to subscription um, uh, right now. And what we can see is that a lot of video applications, uh, video uh, services are uh, moving to subscriptions if they weren't already using subscriptions. Music industry has moved to subscriptions also, um, and newspapers, dating apps. So a lot of different verticals uh, are choosing subscriptions. Right now, Purchasely is great for um, for video apps because we handle um, Apple TV, Android TV subscriptions, Amazon App Store also, and Huawei App Gallery also. So we are able to, uh, well broadcast and make uh, services paid on the smartphone, tablet, and TVs, which is uh, unique to Purchasely. But uh, there are also some um, some a lot, uh, some apps that were really surprised by um, well what happened with ATT and uh, and uh, mm -hmm. how the, the advertising industry had to uh, face this uh, this deal and that had to make a switch and quick uh, move quick switch to um, to other uh, revenue streams uh, which were subscription for most of them and I'm thinking and I'm thinking of newspapers. Uh, right now in in France, I think we have 25 or over 25 percent of the newspapers uh, in France, and they were all moving pretty fast to uh, subscription and subscription using Purchasely uh, because well they had to face that um, that uh, that pressure on their um, on their advertising uh, inventories, and uh, and they also and they moved to subscription. They moved back to subscription because it was their original uh, business model uh, right. 20 years ago. But they in a very different and digital, more digital uh, uh, era. So uh, I think that this is uh, one of our biggest customer right now uh, because all the industry will be uh, will have moved to subscription. I think in the next six months, uh, and it started uh, over a year ago. Um, for those who had made the switch uh, between uh, during the pandemic, sorry, uh, it was amazing. We are working with Le Monde, for example, uh, who had amazing conversion rates. Uh, you, during the pandemic, I think they almost doubled the, the number of subscribers uh, with great retention uh, figures uh, during the pandemic. Uh, so these are video, dating, news apps are big, uh, are big, uh, well, apps for us, uh, alongside with um, some coaching uh, apps, etc., fitness apps. Interesting. I can certainly understand that the advertising uh, revenue or the the threat of increased privacy, decreasing advertising revenue for newspaper or news apps is certainly a big driver for subscriptions or the subscription model rather are there other factors at play here that are driving more and more apps towards the subscription model well uh, i think that uh, it's always a chicken and egg question um, you cannot uh, push on a, on a new business model or new way to make uh, to make business with your customers if your customers are not willing to uh, take that step and i think that uh, we cannot um, ignore the um, the fact that uh, companies like Netflix, like um, Spotify, uh, Dropbox, etc., educated the markets on uh, subscriptions and why you should be using subscriptions. And uh, well, um, I think most of us uh, study this uh, digital subscription with these kind of actors. So um, I think there is also maturity of the market that is happening right now. That our people are used to uh, be uh, using subscription or subscribing to services, to quality services. 
so um, I think this is the reason why, alongside with what you've just said around the ATT, around um, the, mm-hmm. the fact that ad, uh, ad is not as profitable as it used to be. Um, and so, yeah, that's uh, both of these um, of these uh, of these. Uh, well, what can I say? Factors. Yeah. Both of these factors are, are are contributing to the switch to uh, uh, to subscription models. Exactly. I wanna I wanna loop back there. You said that Le Monde had, uh, uh, um, which is a French news outlet for for those of our listeners who are, who are unfamiliar. Uh, yeah. Le Monde had implemented a, uh, a very successful subscription strategy throughout the pandemic. So I want to sort of flip that around and ask you not what a successful strategy looks like, because I think we'll get to that shortly, but what the challenges are in implementing a successful subscription-based app. Well, there are many, well, there are many challenges that, are, that every editor is, uh, is facing and uh, a lot of questions that uh, every, um, every app, uh, app maker is facing when, uh, when going to subscription. Well, of course, as we've said, building the tech is complicated, but that's not the, 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 unique, uh, and, uh, the unique pain point, of course. The first thing, that the first question that everyone asks, uh, especially when you don't have any reference, is finding the right price. And often mm-hmm. finding the right price in the right markets because price can be different, uh, different on different stores and different countries. Um, if you have a freemium application, so not a premium only uh, application, um, uh, the question between uh, what do I, which feature are free, which feature are paid, is also something uh, that you have to deal with because. When you give too much things in free, you won't convert in pay, but the other way around will uh, lead to uh, killing potential leads that would love your application and finish by purchasing at some point. And um, and um, for everyone, well, it's really important to be able to test prices, uh, test a package composition, uh, maybe try to split the offer uh, and the packages, um, and also uh, test different sales pitch to make people convert uh, are really key to success. So really, just like any good marketing strategy, the, the strategy there is to A-B test, right? To A-B test different components of uh, uh, parts that are free, parts that are paid, and then also to A-B test pricing. That's, that's, yeah. that's what you're saying? A-B test, um, as the, the, the App Store are really uh, global. You can go global, 150 countries, uh, over 200 different payment methods, etc. are covered. So you go global directly. So you think you should be thinking global. You should be thinking how your, um, well, basically how your journey in the application applies to different population, to different countries, to different uh, personas. And you should be thinking that also in the way that you monetize your services, um, that can really people are really different uh, <laughs> in the world, and if you're making a dating app, uh, the way that uh, people are dating in France, in Europe, in Northern or Southern Europe, in the US, in Southern America, in Africa, in Asia, all these people are really different, and uh, it's uh, it, well, it's very uh, easy to understand that the way uh, the composition of your services and the way that you sell uh, these services should be uh, very different uh, in order to uh, be well to be more to be more successful. So mm-hmm. it's not only about A/B testing; it's also about segmenting your population, about testing different segments, about understanding these segments uh, is really important. And after you can A/B test. But first of all, making uh, assumption on well, um, 
I, I'm trying to sell that service to a 18, 25 year old person. I'm trying a different kind a different approach. Is it working better than the previous one? Then you can A-B test also. Uh, but segmentation is, I believe, even more important than A-B test. And when you're actually looking at segmentation and how you apply a paywall or or a subscription, and I guess perhaps a paywall is is more uh, more relevant to uh, uh, to at least the question that that I'm thinking of, is is A/B testing or 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 segmentation in that respect? Are you actually giving a different experience? That's to say that the paywall is actually at a different place. You might offer more freemium features to a certain segment and fewer to a different segment? Or are you more segmenting and, and tailoring the actual content of, of the paywall or the actual look and feel of the paywall? How does that work? Uh, I'd say we can do both and we should do both. Um, let's let's have an example. Uh, let's say that I'm uh, Duolingo, for example. So I'm trying to learn mm-hmm. uh, French. Uh, I'm English, I'm trying to learn French. Depending on if I'm 18, uh, 18 year old, uh, willing to spend five minutes learning French uh, for uh, its uh, next exam, or if I'm a 45, 55, uh, willing to spend an hour a day learning French for business, you can understand that these populations don't really have the same needs. So first of all, the easy, the easy thing is that the for, you shouldn't offer the same duration or the same uh, first commitment. For for example, the forty five fifty five, you want to engage him on a six months, maybe one year uh, contract because you know that he has he has a learning curve that is really different from an eighteen, and also the eighteen only wants to pass his exam that is going on in two months. So you might offer different uh, period, but if you also have different service levels, for example, I have a starter kit, I have a, a premium kit, you can also advertise and choose which you want to advertise uh, on your paywall. So uh, I'd say it's, it's really both of them. It's finding the, well, designing your um, your packages in order to fit all these personas and offer the, the packages and show the packages that you think um, are the most interested to your uh, most interesting to your um, current uh, user in your app. And this is totally doable uh, using PurchaseD, for example, as you can pass to the SDK uh, many variables that are used to segment the uh, overall experience. And it's not only on the paywall; it should be on the on all the experience, and you see more and more of these application coaching. Um, well, when you want to learn a new language, all these uh, all these applications are gathering a lot of information on the very first uh, launch. Um, what are your goals? Um, what uh, what do you want to do? Uh, how much time do you, are you willing to spend, etc.? We see all these questions in onboardings every day for every kind of apps, but they are really not used right now for uh, personalizing the paywalls, maybe a little bit for the uh, initial experience, and they should really be uh, used for such, a, for such a goal because it's really uh, great. And it helps improving uh, conversion, initial conversion, and long-term retention too. It's interesting that you say that companies aren't using that data for that purpose because it seems like such a clear value add and such a clear use of that data that you'd be crazy not to use it. What what do you see these companies using that data for then? Yeah, usually um, if you take if you if you have a fitness uh, application, for example, they will be using it uh, first of all to give you a sense of. Uh, uh, to, to make you think that they you have something that is personalized. And sometimes you can set different inputs, but 
go to the same result, but you have the feeling that it's a gotcha. program that was built just for you. Some of them are uh, conscious enough to uh, to build a very specific experience and uh, well bring you and send you a specific content that actually fits your uh, your needs. Um, and so uh, they are more. These data are used to personalize basically the product, but not the paywall. And this is really such a shame. Um, well, I was thinking about uh, the, well, we were uh, under um, lockdown in France uh, several times. And during the second lockdown, which is more, we, we could we could move into the city, uh, but just for work, etc. cetera. Um, and uh, I remember that I, I passed along the, the, what we call the Grand Magasin, so the Printemps, et cetera, in Paris. Um, and they were moving, they were changing their storefronts, even though that people couldn't come in. And it's a shame because in, in any apps that you launch today, you can launch it in two years and maybe they won't even have changed the paywall. They don't even customize the experience. And it's the space where you know the customer. It's easy because it's digital. So you should be able to send different, uh, well, way of selling, send different market p- marketing pitch um, and different prices, etc. But we actually never move these screens uh, while we are in a digital era that allows such a thing. Fascinating because it's it's such a it's such an important part of the business. I mean, it is the for some apps uh, certainly, and and apps that are now relying more heavily on this revenue stream, that is the business, right? They're uh, with without subscriptions, they're not going to be making revenue. Yeah, and it really comes back to um, to one question: is that because it's difficult to make uh, these paywalls? Um, this this really is, this really is difficult. Um, first of all, because you don't. You never want to break a paywall. You never want to break uh, where the revenue, the, the 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 place where the revenue comes in. Uh, so, mm-hmm. for, as a developer, uh, as a developer, former developer, um, this usually is a spot you don't want to um, you don't want to mess with. So, there's always resistance in changing these. And then the, this is also um, a space uh, with a lot of regulations because Apple is, cha- is checking that you are not um, just um, advertising the free period without telling how much that the customer is going to pay, etc. So there is a lot of rejection on uh, on the paywalls that uh, that the customer do, and this is why at Purchase we chose to uh, have an approach on which uh, first of all you didn't have to um, well send the um, a new version to update your paywall. But most importantly, um, all our paywalls are uh, based on templates that actually make sure that you don't mess up with Apple and Google uh, rules. Um, For example, we uh, enforce the fact that you put the price in every button uh, with um, with a font size that Apple uh, Apple is is checking on the font size uh, how the price is displayed uh, compared to the to the CTA title etc. So we we make we make sure that you respect all these rules, but we also give you the flexibility to be able to change it remotely without asking a developer to do anything, and without breaking the the um, the tracking, without breaking uh, how the paywall works, etc., which is, uh, in fact, really uh, relieving for the developers and also for the marketers because now they can launch their campaign within a day with uh, their new partner, etc., etc., which they couldn't do before. Right. That's, that's very, very, very powerful. Certainly that ability to iterate without the fear of breaking things. I certainly think that companies that are giving services which take care of all of those regulatory hurdles which are also, of course, a headache that all of us have to deal with and we're always worried about. And if you can take that regulatory issue off the table, which it sounds like you guys have done, 
then that's that's such a huge leap forward for uh, for end users. I want to I want to talk a little bit about about advertising. Uh, I mean, we we're we're focused on subscriptions. Certainly, your you live and breathe subscriptions. But I, I want to ask you whether or, or how you see ads and subscriptions existing alongside each other. Can that happen? Of course, I, I think uh, it should and must happen. I, I'm not the um, I'm not thinking that uh, subscriptions should uh, fully take the place of ads or fully take the place of freemium uh, based on ads uh, website. First of all, because I'm a consumer as everyone and I don't want to have to pay for everything and I want to subscribe to every service. So um, we, we, we believe that at some point we will have some uh, subscription fatigue. Uh, and so we need to still have this kind of, well, to check a news on the website without having to subscribe or try launching a seven days trial, etc. cetera. Um, well, uh, I think both can exist for such a usage. Um, especially on newspapers where I want to just have a look at an article uh, and I don't want to have to pay for it, uh, especially as long as there is no like global bundle. Um, and then um, I think that um, subscription model is great for a lot of um, well, long-term, mid-term usage when you know that your customer is going to get engaged with your service for quite a while. But if you're uh, providing a casual experience, something that's going to be launched one or two times and then uh, forget, there's a lot of these kind of, for example, in games, a lot of games that you mm -hmm. play two weeks and then you, you trash. There's a lot of other websites uh, can be uh, different services that well are really casual uh, services. And you don't want to be subscribed to this, kind of, uh, to this kind of website and advertising is something that can fuel them. Uh, at the opposite, subscription it were great for um, well uh, services that didn't have the audience to monetize using advertising. But I think that advertising can still be great for other services. So both will be used alongside. Um, for well, we've talked about the newspapers and how they're moving from advertising to subscriptions. Um, these people really have to face something that is uh, complicated because uh when you when people were used not to pay for your services uh making them pay is something that is uh kind of tricky and that cannot happen successfully within a day and mm -hmm. so there's a lot of strategies uh that were used and um from what we we've seen on the market um the first thing is not to only rely on uh, making content that were free paid uh because this this is not um well this is not enough of course, um, uh, augmenting and uh, adding more and more paid content alongside to free content and uh, uh, raising the number, the percentage of uh, paid content is important. But you should be also um, thinking about services and what what your app can bring uh, besides removing ads and unlocking contents. Uh, what can uh, what can it bring for service to serve your users? Because it's not only content; it's content and services that people are uh, and consumers are willing uh, are willing to pay for. And so, well, listening back to your users, all these features that you have, uh, you know, to have been the, that you've been forgetting for years uh, to, to listen to and uh, add them to, uh, to your product is something that will also help them make the switch from not only something that were free before that now is paying, but something which is additional and that is uh, really a plus uh, should, be, uh, should be considered. Can you give some examples of some of those added value services? Yeah, there's a lot of uh, added value services. It can be a uh, specific content, as we've said. It can also be uh, offline uh, navigation. It can be um, 
well, uh, services for, um, well, a lot of newspapers has played on games, added games, added um, mm -hmm. other features to uh, prepare to specific exams or something like that. So um, it really depends on who you are, but um, uh, sports apps can uh, can leverage games, uh, well, games or uh, different kind of communication, different medias also uh, bring new, uh, well, bring new medias. Um, well, that's uh, that really depends on um, that really depends on what uh, what you are currently selling. But um, content is not is not enough. Or actually, the previous content that you were. So if you're bringing podcasts, if you are bringing new videos, um, that's okay. But sh your your user shouldn't feel like it's the same as before. But just now you have to pay for. Right. Well, I think that's I, th I think that 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 makes perfect sense to me. Uh, I think that that I, I do want to understand a little bit more about how an app can then grow their subscription revenue. Let's, let's assume that we've gone through the process of, of adding some, uh, uh, adding some additional value. Uh, we've, we've not just slapped on a paywall to our existing content. And I know that in the past you've talked about multiplying the number of user touch points in order to grow subscription revenue. Can you explain what that means? What what does it mean to grow the number of user touch points? <laughs> that's a good question. Um, yeah, that's something that we've been uh, we've been seeing in a lot of apps. Um, is that you start, you know, especially on freemium applications, and uh, you can if you have a free you have freemium applications on your smartphone, so you can launch one of these, and you'll see that um, if you launch the the initial uh, launch, you'll have a the paywall, the paywall that is displayed to you, and you can choose to ignore it. You will, you will be ignoring, ignoring it, and then you'll be playing with the free features that are inside your app. And well, you always have that uh, resident purchase button or subscribe button uh, somewhere in the navigation, in the settings, and in the in the navigation bar, maybe. But you no longer really. Um, well, you're so used to be seeing that uh, purchase uh, button that. Well, you won't see it anymore. It's just like ads on website. You know that right column on the news website where all the ads were stacked. You mm -hmm. don't even see them uh, because your eye is very used to avoid these uh, dead spaces of content. And yeah. so, um, well, what we believe at Purchasely is that uh, there is a lot of uh, experience inside your product that you could be leveraging to uh, make the, the, the sorry make the the user convert to a paid plan. Uh, and today, this is uh, something like if, for example, let's uh, let's say uh, we are video application or TV application um, that uh, we have a lot of content. But uh, let's say that you play a new video and uh, the video, for example, is not HD or 4K because uh, because it's a paid plan. Uh, you want to be able to add a button uh, HD 4K, such as you have on YouTube, and when you switch to it, you display a specific paywall advertising your, that specific uh, need for improving quality this is an, an one example but you could also let's say that the replay is pay, you want to pay for the replay you can also have a different paywall with the replay uh, how why you should be paying for the replay or start over etc etc so it's really about um, finding the good spot in the experience where the user is already engaged but needs to pay and provide him with a paywall that explains him what he's going to subscribe for and how much it is uh, but with the context, not the default paywalls with all the features listed. 
and then later on you can activate him on well it's great to subscribe so yes subscribe for having the 4k for example you have this and this and this and this services additionally to it um, and there is many many opportunities inside the product in which if you have a technology that allows you to provide different contextualized paywalls uh, you could be pushing to the experience in a way that it doesn't feel like the old same advertising that you see over and over again, but a specific uh, advertising that is here for for your subscription, actually, that is here for helping you have a better experience and not forcing you to purchase for something. And the perception for the user is very different. Jean-Francois, I always try to take at least one piece of concrete advice uh, out of every single one of uh, of our episodes and, and of my conversations, really. And I think what you just said was probably the most uh, the most powerful, and certainly what I'm going to take from today uh, is uh, is really creating those those touch points with users, and then also coming back and reminding them of the additional value that they've unlocked with the subscription, having gone through all of those touch points in the user experience. Very very interesting. There's a lot of things that happen actually in the application, as you've mentioned, but there is also a lot of things that happen outside of your application for uh, renewal, for um, grace periods, uh, grace period, for example, if you we couldn't charge your credit card, or for example, I'm going to um, your uh, iPhone set to my iPhone settings and canceling my subscription or upsetting my subscription, for example. Or, down, mm-hmm. uh, or, uh, or downgrading my subscription. There's a lot of uh, use cases that happen outside of the app that you could be also acting on. And these are also part of uh, the user journey and how you can multiply the touch point because, because it's, on, it's also important to uh, consider that once a subscriber has subscribed, you can always uh, increase its value or increase its lifetime value. So if he wants to churn, maybe offer him a downgrade or the same a discount or whatever, or maybe upsell him. And there are a lot of applications that once you're subscribed, they don't never try to upsell you to an annual plan, to a gold or premium plan. Uh, and this is also um, scenarios that should be considered by every uh, marketer or growth marketer um, handling subscriptions. Well, I can certainly speak from experience on that one. Having canceled two of my subscriptions uh, in, in the not too distant past, uh, there's certainly, uh, I imagine, a world of opportunity that they could have prevented me from churning or tried to got me tried to get me back. Can you perhaps provide one or one or two best practices for for marketers looking to leverage these retention strategies? Yeah, um, there are a lot of them. Um, actually, on um, if you go to uh, to our documentation on uh, docs.purchasely.com, we have a, a section called uh, events, and uh, you can see uh, we have uh, thirty five events. Uh, we we tr- we we monitor thirty five events that happen outside of the app. So everything that the uh, everything that um, the um, the subscriber uh, is doing with a subscription is tracked, and so you have the ability to act over this because we are connected uh, directly with the stores, and we know in real time when th- when something occurs on the Huawei app store, um, uh, the Huawei, the Amazon app store, the Google Play store, the App Store. This is the exact same message, and whenever a user uh, converts a trial, doesn't convert a trial, cancels a subscription, uh, enter a billing retry uh, phase, or maybe downgrade or upgrade a subscription, there is something to do. And we have uh, added that section in our documentation, so docs.purchase.com, 
um, the uh, examples of how you could leverage this. And the great thing is that we send all these events to your marketing, your existing marketing tool. We are connected to uh, over 10, uh, 12, 15, I don't recall, different marketing tools. And we also send that to your uh, own backend so that you can directly send a push notification or an email or uh, display a message in the uh, UI so that the user can do something. And uh, two things that I like about that, the first thing is the when you cannot charge a credit card, such as I said, um, this is the easiest trick. Uh, you can get the event directly in Braze or uh, in Firebase. Uh, we send it directly to Firebase or Braze or any other um, one signal, etc. Any other kind mm -hmm. of tool, a push notification tool. And you can directly send a push notification, say, hey, we couldn't charge your credit card. Make sure that you update uh, your payment needs or, uh, or add some more money using a, an, an Apple or Google card, whatever. Um, and with a deep link that is directly redirecting the user to the settings and, uh, and the screen to update a credit card because these billing issues actually, the so what we call the involuntary churn, can really be, well, uh, lowered by 15 to 30% from our, our experiments using such a strategy. And this is really a three-minute setup. And I love all these kind of acts that you can do taking your coffee in the morning that makes a big change. And the other one uh, takes maybe an hour to set up is the, um, well, the cancellation. So when a user goes to the setting, as I said, and cancels the subscription, we know it in the second. No matter the store he is in, we know it in the second and we uh, broadcast this information to all your marketing tools. And once again, you can start an automation and uh, and send, um, well, maybe um, depending on the revenue. So we, we also uh, send you the accumulated revenue of the user. You can choose to adopt a strategy that can be a retention strategy or maybe an activation on a cheaper plan uh, for downgrade, etc. And this is once again, something that is really nice to, uh, to set up and takes uh, really few minutes. Uh, well, a few minutes or an hour maybe to, to set up in your app. And that can once again uh, have a huge impact on retention. I, I, these, these things are so interesting to me because most of my day-to-day -day is around the, the, I call it the, we'll call it the, the, the upper funnel of user acquisition, as it were, uh, looking at the, the first events or the second events that are happening, really driving that early engagement with, uh, uh, with apps, whether that be subscription or or purchase or whatever it may be. And it's interesting to get exposure to, to the world down that funnel. You know, you're talking about uh, uh, just getting a user to input a, a credit card that's actually relevant. It's, it seems like such low hanging fruit that it, it, it's amazing to me that not everybody's doing it, but, but there you go. There you are giving the advice. Really, uh, uh, really, really interesting. That's an easy to do. And another upsell strategy that we are testing uh, quite heavily right now is that um, if you have a user that is subscribed to a monthly plan and is really active on the on the premium content, on your premium content, after the third uh, renewal cycle, uh, we offer him a paywall for uh, converting to um, to an annual plan, uh, which well gives you at least 15 months of monetization with the uh, without making any discount because there is always a discount between monthly and yearly. And we have amazing results that we'll be sharing on the, on our blog uh, in the in the next weeks on the, on this uh, strategy. Uh, that is that is so great and easy to to set up. Once again, it's a five to ten minutes maybe setup. And uh, well, you can find many of these hacks uh, in your in our doc um, in our documentation on the on the events we have sent. Well, over thirty of the of these kind of strategies that we share with our customers. 
I love it. Well, Jean-Francois, this, this has been absolutely jam-packed with, with actionable advice uh, for marketers on, on how to implement subscriptions, how to reactivate churn, how to increase, uh, increase revenue on, on some pretty, pretty simple uh, uh, and, and effective hacks. I want to, to close by asking you a question that I ask all of our guests, and that's to tell us a little bit about uh, uh, an out-of-the-box or memorable marketing campaign that you've seen recently. I need to think a bit on this one. Um, um, well, it's maybe not a memorable marketing campaign. It's more something that is uh, that made me laugh uh, recently. Uh, we organized um, um, a meeting with uh, uh, with different uh, marketers uh, recently, and uh, the CEO of Foodvisor. It's a uh, it's uh, kind of this amazing app. You know, you you take a picture of your plate, and they give you the calories. And uh, that's kind of magic apps that I love. And um, and he was sharing his experiences with a subscription. So his name is Charles And he was saying like, um, well, we we were releasing the app and we saw that we had a greater conversion uh, than before uh, on, uh, on uh, I think it was in Germany or maybe in France. I don't recall. Uh, and he, he was wondering why well, we didn't change anything on this topic. So why is there, why is there a better conversion? And uh, well, it was funny because the reason why is that the label, the purchase label, uh, was too long in German compared to uh, the previous version they had, and it was on three lines. Uh, they made some graphical changes so that passed the uh, label from two lines to three lines, and actually he had like a huge uh, something like above 15% of conversion, uh, better conversion because just of a typo <laughs> or maybe like just a little space added or left that made the label move from two lines to three lines and 15% conversion. So it's kind of fun because we see all these kind of cases uh, every day uh, at Purchasely. We have a lot of uh, of uh, small, uh, small, um, well, small stories like that on people that are uh, gaining like these kind of um, points of conversion <laughs> uh, yeah. gained just with small things and it's funny and it's sad at the same time because sometimes you deploy so many strategies that take so uh, such a long time to implement for lower results than just a typo and a three-line label instead of two so um, right. well, it's maybe a, a, a typo a typo bumps your conversion by 15 percent yeah that's kind of a story that's funny and actually really sad because sometimes you just spend months doing something that uh, doesn't well um, doesn't change the conversion by uh, by 10 percent. so yeah so that Absolutely. was the story of uh, <laughs> that i heard last week that made me laugh <laughs> that's great well jean-francois thank you very very much for joining us it's been an illuminating conversation and we appreciate thank you, it yes I hope your audience will too, and uh, well, hope to speak uh, you to speak to you soon and uh, bring some new hacks on uh, how to uh, increase um, to increase uh, revenues and subscriptions, and maybe a second episode in a year and see how we we went uh, through that amazing journey. Sounds great. Thank you, Jean Francois. Thank you, Jess.